this is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good evening, Jason Glick. How are you? Good evening, John. Yeah. So, I hope everyone out here had a, a very enjoyable Christmas or, you know, whatever uh, uh, Solstice-themed holiday you celebrate. Festivus. Yep. Fe- Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> never seen that episode. Uh, actually, I've never seen that either. I just know the reference, that's all. Uh, yeah. But I'm sure one day I will watch it. But anyway, what do you have for yeah. us tonight? Okay, well, it's like, as you all know, it's like, not... Like aside from just being like the um, busiest commercial time of the year, this is also a huge time for, for movie releases as well. And um, one, and um, we and we have been lucky um, this this week we not graced by um, not just one but two films by Steven Spielberg, which is just kind of like seems odd. And since it would release two of his films like like within less than a week of each other, which strikes me as being like you know like competing against yourself style commercial suicide, especially when. Um, Especially when like um you got Mission Impossible to contend against with which you know hey like even if you hate Tom Tom Cruise um new Mission Impossible it's a Tom Cruise movie that even Zenu would love so I'll just just say it right there <laughs> and also remember it's directed by Brad Bird who did The Incredibles and Ratatouille so there anyway but my point is that um one of the Sp- Spielberg films we're getting is called is called The Adventures of Tintin now it hasn't been doing particularly well at the box office here anyway because well no one knows who the hell who the hell Tintin is? Um, however, it's been doing bang up business overseas, particularly in Europe, because um, the character is a virtual institution, like over the, over there, thanks to the um, ser- thanks to the um, series of graphic novels um, done by its creator, known, um, Hergé, also known as George Georges Remy. Um, now, now Tint, the character of Tintin, he's like he's just like an enterprising youth, it's like who's also who's also a news- newspaper reporter with his. And um, has and he's got his um faithful white white dog Snowy to tag, tag along with him as on his adventures and he's just it's like you know, he just goes and find now he and it's like he's just now, now he's just like just about any, any, like the, his um his work as a as a as a reporter is just kind of like a pretext to just you know, sending him off on all sorts of adventures all across the world like you know, tracking down like drug drug smugglers slave slave traders going to the moon. I'm um, looking for hidden treasure. It's like I'm dealing with aliens, like all sorts of cra- crazy ass shit. Um, but um, and it's, it's like, and the thing is though, it's like, well, it's like, well, like even before the movie came out, I was still had like some familiarity with the series because I had read read um, a couple of these graphic novels way back in the fifth grade. Do, and the was, don't ask me how this happened, but um, for some of the reading material that was like you know constantly passed around in our class. Two of them were um, we had actually had two Tintin graphic novels that were constantly being pushed pushed around. There was Black Island and um, Tintin in Tibet, and it's like it's and no and even though it's like I, like I said the reason I remember like reading these all, like all the way back in the days because like they it's like this is like because like Tintin's adventures were kind of the adventures that I that I like to have you know it's like just you know just going around like seeing see, like seeing the world uh, mixing it up with. Like um real adult style, adult size adventures. It's like you know without having to worry about your parents, um going around like looking over like every single thing you were thing you were doing. It's like it's it's kind of like a, it's like a kid. A lot of the stuff he was doing was like a kid's dream, you know, just to like to go off by yourself and have all have all these uh, great great epic adventures and with your with your friends as well. Because he's also got his um his buddy his buddy um Cap- Captain Haddock who is who was just like a huge epic. St- he was a he was a maritime he was a 
ship he's a, he's a marine man ship captain who's also there's also as be, a big a drunkard and, and a goofball as you can get and then there's his other buddy um professor calculus who is basically like a best described as an absent-minded absent-minded professor and and it's like just seeing this and like this 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 stuff like it really made an impression upon me back back in the day it's like it's something that i've like i've tried to keep like you now, it's like think about it. Hey, you know, it's like it'd be nice to read some, read some Tintin graphic novels. Like, but for years, like you know, like the only way, like um, like trying to get them through bookstores, or, like it just be hard, just be um, pretty hard. And also, like they're also kind of expensive in the sense that, like each, uh, like think each um, graphic novel is like about sixty, sixty-four pages, and it costs about ten bucks. Well, now, well, their most most recent editions, which let me check the uh, publication date right here. Okay, it says it first came out around two thousand. These these new editions come, uh, came out around two thousand seven. Now, while the original versions were oversized um, graphic novels, like they were just like big, big album sized stuff. These these new ones um, are much much smaller. I'd say they're almost uh, almost manga size. They're kind of like oversized and like a little compared to that. But um, they could. But um, they collect like three advent, like three graphic novels, three graphic novels in one for about like for um, like for about uh, nineteen bucks each. So it's really, so it's a really good deal, and they're good dense reads. So you're not gonna like like um, blaze through, you or your kids aren't gonna blaze through the through these that like at it, like in the course of an evening. But still, it's like these. Let's see, these one like um, I picked up um, volumes three, five, and six for reference, and I will be going back to pick up the re- like the rest now. Now the thing is though that um like it, it's like while there are some like plot points like, and characters that are that are carried over through um, through the various graphic novels like they, there's not really any strict continuity between them so you so you really can do what I did and just pick up a, a pick a random graph one of these some um, seven volumes like at any point and then just um and just and start and start reading I would probably recommend if you're interested in seeing the movie I would probably recommend volume three to start with because that that includes the first um, first appearance of Captain Haddock in um, the Crab with the Golden Claws as Tintin gets involved in it's like in an oh, in a drug drug smuggling ring and um, meets up with and winds up making friends with, with um, the captain who is the um, who is the soused who's the soused captain of the of the ship that's doing the, um, the transporting like unbeknownst to him of course it also contains the secret of the unicorn which also provides the um, the basis for, um, for for most of the upcoming movie when which is when Tintin um, buy, goes out to buy, uh, winds up buying a, um, like a, like a, a like a, sorry, a scale, like a scale model ship, um, as a gift for, as a gift for ha- Captain Haddock, and um, people, and a bunch of people wind up trying to um, buy it from him because they, because they see it as a, see they they see they they know it's true, it's true secret, which is like uh, as a guide to like a lot, to to a lost to a great lost treasure. And um, but what's interesting though is that I didn't realize this when I was buying it. But apparently, um, Secret of the Unicorn is apparently a two-part, um, two-part story. Well, well, it's not exactly it doesn't end on an exact cliffhanger. No, wait, yes, it does. Um, it's like it's, it's like it's that's kind of rare in the um in the canon of Tintin because because well because like that because um, as far as I'm aware of, the only other two-part story is the um, is Destination Moon and Explorers on the Moon from Volume 5, which, um, you know, it's like, 
keep in mind, these stories were um, originally published in the 50s. So when you're um, like showing their, uh, so when you're they're going on their um, big big epic moon trip, it's like there's a lot of like a um, lot of fun crazy pseudoscience they they get up to. But it's also, um, but um, but those two those two volumes like like from two stories from volume five, Destination Moon and Explorers on the Moon. It's like they, it's like they're also a good example of like the, uh, it's like like the kind of like kind of epic adventure that you get from this series. I mean, like, yes, everyone's go they're going to the moon. It's like and it's like they're going to the moon, but also like there's there's also like a great bit of um, industrial espionage going like going along in there. As um, see as the uh, country that they're flying out from, it's co- like it's constantly um be, like the efforts um to uh see to launch the to, to launch the rocket. Um, are being constantly undermined by, by by espionage and spy tactics from neighboring from neighboring country, and that's another thing about these about this about these books and making great. So they don't talk down to the reader, and they don't. And even though it's like there's there are it does deal with some you know, I guess it's, like, it's not it's like some surprisingly mature um, topics for uh, kids, like for kids stories like um like I said espionage, and there's other ones that deal with the slave trade, drugs. I mean like they don't shy away from you know like like violence, but it's not. But the, but the violence itself isn't explicit. Like when someone dies, like people, like bad guys do die. Um, um, good guys who've been compromised, you know, sacrifice themselves valiantly. It's it does kind of remind me of the kind of stuff you see in like certain certain manga, manga series where they, it's like where they, you know, where it's like even though it's like you're kind of like where they where they do deal with like stuff in a more frank. I won't say necessarily more adult. Tintin is Tintin is probably deals with. Even though for all its goofiness, like Tintin, the violence and um, themes in Tintin are probably handled a bit more maturely than you'll see in most manga. But um, even so, it's like it's a lot of that's another part of I think the series enduring appeal to kids and even adults is that it doesn't t- doesn't talk down to its reader. But still, though, how does all this compare to the movie? Now, one of the, now first of all, let me say that the movie um, was ha- done in the motion cap using a lot of motion capture t- technology that um, Robert Zemeckis pioneered in. In the Polar Express and um, also in Night Before Christmas, as well as James Cameron's Avatar, um, I personally like you know bring up the Uncanny Valley all you want, but um, I really I didn't have any problem with um, how they're all with the motion capture work motion capture of the characters here. It was just fine. It's just that the um, the story I don't know the story did feel a bit more um, kitty oriented than. It's like than the books do, since it was just more, just more straight, explicit high adventure, and it just like felt like a real nonstop thrill, thrill, thrill ride from beginning to end. Well, can't mind the sense that it's like like stuff is always happening, but there's not, but it very rarely slows down to uh, like you know to really truly really focus on characters. And I am kind of I would be kind of interested to see how people um, how people who aren't familiar with the uh, the comic books would. Like we get into something like this because well, there's I mean there's a lot to admire in the uh, second like how everything's presented, especially this great um, like great this great action sequence as Tintin and Haddock are trying to um, steal these um, these three scrolls from it's like from their from their adversary um, in, it's like in in an Arabic country and they're and having to go to have like like blaze through the town as this like as this floods. It's like his aqueduct is flooding it, and all this other chaos that's going that's going on, and it's all handled in one great unbroken shot. It's a great, um, brilliant piece of filmmaking right there. That that was easily the high point of the movie for me. 
then then you get other stuff like when um, Haddock and his nemesis um, duel with um, cranes. I'm talking about like industrial cranes from ship docks. Um, like at later, like um, at the cl- at the climax, and you're just kind of thinking, you know, that this construction kind of is a bit, you know, a bit more, a bit too ridiculous for its own good. But you know, but the movie itself is faithful. Is um, you know, fairly is um, remarkably faithful for um, like for for integrating um, like bits and pieces of of the Crab with the Golden Claws and the Secret of the Unicorn that I've that I've read into like into what like into one story and I will be like I said it does be, I am I guess it does, probably did help that I didn't read the um second the concluding half of the Secret of the Unicorn um Red Rackham's Treasure so that I so I was still in the dark as to what was going to happen like at the, at the film's climax so but even so it's like um Jamie Bell does a good job with um capturing Tintin's um you know like youthful exuberance and innocence without you know making them seem make him seem like a total a complete tool um Andy Circus um, as Captain Haddock, he, he does a good job. Even though it's like, it's like he, he's he probably makes um to me, to me um like um Haddock never never sounded so never had quite the goofball um like voice that um he gives that he gives him in in this it's like in the movie. I mean I cap I mean reading rereading these um like Haddock. I mean he's a huge goofball. He's not nearly as cool as he thinks he is. But still, it's like you know I was kind of figured him having much more. It's like, oh, I'm a real man of the sea type voice, rather than the billions of blue blistering barnacles type um, voice that that we get. It's still, it's like, but also um, of note to um to um any like any fans of any 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 real um, nerds out there is that um Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are all, um provide the um provide the voice voice and, ca- and motion capture. At least I'm pretty sure they do the motion capture for um the two um twin detectives Thompson and Thompson. It's like, and it's like, and they and they also do a pretty they also do a pretty good job with, like with um, with with, with what they're with what they're given. It's like, yeah, well, not necessarily what they're what, what they're given was bad, but you know, it's like they're called upon to be um clueless detectives, and they do that they do that job pretty well. So overall, I me mean, like the movie itself, you know, not it's like it's not really a bad thing, but it's not really not really not bad by any means, but not something I like really recommend you go out go out and see when there's you know better. Like better, more involving stuff in theaters. Theaters right now. I will say that um, I'm not sure if it's just me, but I I actually caught this in 3D. 3D did nothing for me. I just didn't didn't see the uh, like the real depth of feel that I got with Avatar. It could be just could be something with the uh, glasses. Could be something with the move with the movie I saw it the movie theater I saw it in. But I don't know, just seeing just 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 seeing it then. I was like I was like three, 3D left me. Story. No, it's like no. It, it didn't. The three D in the theater I saw did not um, make it. Did not make it a more involving experience at all. Okay. It's also. I will say it is the first three D film I've seen since Avatar. But um, yeah, it's like it. But still, it's like it's like I said. If you can see it, in, if you can see it in two D, um, you're not. Um, you're not going to miss really miss anything at all. So save the couple bucks or whatever. Save a couple bucks. The only reason I did see it in 3D was because the only uh, 2D screening of the film I, um, at the theater the theater near me was at like four o'clock, and I'm I'm an early matinee matinee type kind of guy. I just want to go. I want to go see. Unless I'm going to see it with friends, I like to go go see a movie early in the day so that the rest of the day is freed up for other stuff. I agree with you completely. Yeah. All right. And so, like I said, movie okay, comic books, hell of a lot of fun. Highly recommended for kids of all ages. Oh, and one last thing, because 
you know, it was like, was, because while, um, I mentioned that Spielberg is, well, you know, it's, well, I mentioned that Spielberg is a fan of the series. Um, he is, he is also a big enough, you can also tell that the, um, that he has at least read, um, let's see, let me grab, let me grab this so I can find this right here. He's at least read um, the Red Sea Sharks. I say this because if you do get, um, if you do decide to go out and buy Volume Six after listening to me talk, turn to page ninety-four, and then um, on the lower right-hand panel, you will see something that you will see what I, I swear to God is a carbon copy of the uh, of the um, temple from um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you remember, yeah, because remember when they were that that temp, that um, that final that. That um, place where they in the canyon, canyon of the crescent moon, where they're going in to find the Grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look. Uh, you remember what it looked like from the outside? It's I swear, it's doppelganger is right here on the page. <laughs> so obviously that was a very, very nice homage on Spielberg's part. And, but it's but after reading this stuff, it's easy to see why he would why he would be influenced influenced by it. Gotcha there. All right. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? For that is it, and right. I will be back. Um, next week with with the best with the best of tw- best of twenty eleven uh, one way or the other because I've been I've been rolling around in my head and while I'm got some great manga picks um, everything else I'm just gonna like I said I'll be I'll be thinking thinking about more thinking about it more and more as we go on. Gotcha. All right, we'll talk to you next time on Comic Picks by the Click. All right, later. Later. Bye.